Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Handyman Success Podcast. Our mission is to teach and to inspire uh, using the stories of our guests and how they run their business. So teaching you real actionable, practical tips and strategies you can apply in your business, as well as inspiration that um, whether you're new, established, struggling, successful, whatever it may be, that um, you can find some inspiration and hope that um, you can start a business, you can improve where you're at, you can, um, you know, grow your business if that's your goal. You can become more profitable. So it is our mission to um, really instill hope and inspiration as well as teaching practical uh, business tips from successful handyman business owners in their own right. Um, so with that, uh, my name is Jason Call. I'm the owner of Handyman Marketing Pros. We do web design and SEO and Google stuff for the handyman industry. I'm with my co-host, Alan Lee. He is the owner of Honestly Handyman Services based out of Sacramento. Uh, he is the CEO managing uh, the marketing and finances. The business runs itself at this point. And he's also the owner of the Handyman Journey Coaching Group. This is a group where he shares exactly how he's built his business to be where he's at today. Um, like I've said before on previous episodes, I've had the privilege of being involved and being in the group. And it's an awesome group of uh, business owners all growing together. So um, thank you, Alan, for taking the time to join me today, man. <laughs> um, so without further ado, today we are joined by Benjamin. He is the owner of the Wyoming Handyman based in Cheyenne. Uh, Benjamin, thanks so much, man, for uh, taking the time to come on the podcast with us and share your story. Um, if you don't mind, uh, give us just a little snapshot, um, you know, who you are, where you're at, and kind of where you're at in the business right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, this is, uh, yeah, we've been in business for 15 months. Uh, my business name is The Wyoming Handyman. And as Jason said, uh, we are based here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, we've, uh, let's see, we've been, yeah. Yeah, 15 months. We started towards the end of August of 2022. Um, we do uh, we did just onboard our first employee. Uh, so it's been super exciting. It's been his first full week with us. And uh, I'm learning from him as much as he is from me. So it's been a real, uh, real amazing experience so far. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where we're at. It's been, uh, it's been wonderful. We've, uh, we started part time and within about three to four weeks, um, we, we had enough work booked that we made the call to, uh, to switch to uh, you know, pivot to the full-time focus on the handyman business. And uh, we haven't slowed down. It's been, it's been quite a journey, but uh, a definitely rewarding one. So awesome, man. Um, So you say we, uh, who is, is yeah. like, are you, I, th I thought I saw a wedding ring. Are you married? Yes. Or? Yes, I am. Um, okay. So yeah, my wife, uh, she's been a huge support throughout it all. Um, I, I personally, I enjoy every aspect of the business. So there's not a lot that I've set in her direction. Um, but uh, I say we just at referring to us as a company, but uh, I've had a lot of people who have contributed to uh, to my, um, you know, uh, subjective success, if that makes sense, uh, over the past several months and really, really, you know, life leading up to this point. So awesome. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, mostly asking the family aspect because, it, you know, for any small business, that is a, a very important driver. Um, yes. so let's see, man, if you don't mind kind of giving us a snapshot, you started part time um, in what have been 2021. Right, low. Uh, twenty, yeah, twenty twenty-two. Yeah. Um. So if if you kind of gotta put some numbers to it, um, like as far as like when you when you first started part time, like revenue wise in that first you know few months, and then your last year is your first full year in business. 
uh, or this year, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind kind of sharing some um, some revenue numbers, um, just to yeah. kind of put some numbers to the uh, the, the kind of visual here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, when we first started out, I kind of had the goal of being to of the, my five-figure month, so $10,000 in revenue. Um, my target was uh, 35% expense. Uh, you know, and then 75% or sorry, 65% um, profit that and, and part out of that, uh, out of that 65% comes my, you know, pay or salary, whatever my cut of that is. Um, when we first started out, we were pricing it right around the $60 an hour margin because I had just moved from, you know, a full-time employment job uh, from, you know, for the past almost six years. And making, you know, close to 40 an hour there, I thought it's, it's, it's a big jump up to 60, but quickly I realized that that's not a, not an operable business, uh, uh, model, you know, pricing that low. Cause you, you've got all the, all the other aspects of the business, which is frequently mentioned in the mastermind group. Um, so I just slowly started, uh, started raising prices, but for the first, uh, I'd say four months, you know, kind of, uh, approaching it as being paid to learn. Um, so even if my prices are lower, um, I'm gaining experience because a lot of the projects that we took on, um, either I hadn't done before or wasn't super familiar with, but uh, YouTube University has been a you know, <laughs> resource. Uh, Alan Lee's uh, uh, channel has been a, you know, a huge part of kind of figuring out what that model looked like. And just prior to really starting the business, because I've I've been in business before, I've uh, owned a couple different small businesses since I was a teenager, um, and really really loved it. Um, none of them were full time endeavors, and uh, my my uh, uh, gauge of marketing was definitely not uh, in the real world. I wasn't sure how to do that. Um, didn't use social media a lot, so. Being in employment while being married with kids, I mean, that was, you know, the stability factor was nice there. Although you dig into it deep enough, the stability is really not actually there to back up uh, the feeling, if that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, you're an expendable uh, to the corporations you work for a lot of times. Um, But uh, my goal was to, you know, be able to provide for my family um, and to do something that I could really put my, uh, my, my soul and passion into. And I love serving people. That's where that is the root and foundation of this business um, is, you know, helping better people's lives. And along with that comes my own life, you know, um, and my family. Uh, my approach starting out, which has been, I think, a, a key factor in how I've structured things, uh, is that the business should be contributing to the family's health, happiness, success, not taking away from it. Although there, you know, Mm -hmm. there is, there is that grind that you have to have in the beginning, especially of any business, uh, where you're willing to do what it takes to, to move this forward. So the first month we did uh, about $4,000 and that was, uh, alongside my, uh, day job. And then, uh, the second nights, weekends kind of thing. Yeah, so my day job was 7 a.m. to 2 or 3 p.m., um, fairly flexible hours. Um, I worked for Orkin Pest Control, so um, I had a take-home company vehicle, and I've actually structured a lot of my uh, uh, my employment terms and benefits and pay plans after that because I really appreciated the uh, the structure that they had. It you know provided a little bit more of an uncapped uh, income. As you got more efficient at your work, you made more, so we pay per job. Uh, we pay a percentage per job um, uh, to my current employee, and that's how we how we did it then. But yeah, packing it in, I mean, working long days, but, uh, you know, from about 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. every day and weekends, um, just, you know, getting it out there. So 
Uh, first month, about 4,000. Our second month in business, we did um, just under 10,000. And then we hit the $11,000 mark, our third month in business. Um, and that's per month. So, you know, um, during just the last two, sorry, let's see. So September, October, November, December. Um, let me back up just to clear something up. So we had the business idea at the end of August of 2022, and we really started, you know, putting Facebook posts out there mid-September. So September was the month that we did just under four, uh, four thousand, and then uh, by the end of the year, we'd done just just shy of forty-five grand in business, um, which for me was astronomical because you know that's mm. it, it worked out well. Um, and then we've been hitting um, at least ten thousand. Actually, I think our lowest month of 2023. Uh, just as a solo operator, um, was about eleven thousand, and uh, our highest month has been just shy of twenty thousand, and that's just been continuing as we've raised prices, as we've you know strived to provide a uh, you know a value based service. I tell people, both my customers and my friends, that we provide outcomes, not just you know paid hourly labor, right? So hmm. um, you know whatever that looks like, um, you know some of those. Some of the projects are a little less skilled and bring a little bit less, you know, hourly, uh, hourly rate, so to speak, you know, uh, dollars per hour into the business. But some are much more lucrative. So we cover, I mean, a really wide variety of services. Um, really, what I strive to, I mean, our slogan is "small things, big differences." I mean, that's really what we focus on. The irritating things around the house that you don't have time or don't want to catch up on. That's the gap we fill, you know, between contractors and homeowners, that space that nobody nobody likes to do that stuff. But I, I personally find a lot of joy in the variety. So, um, but yeah, so we'll be closing out the uh, the year of uh, 2023 at just short. I think we'll be at right about 190,000. Um, and that's almost exclusively as a solo operator. Um, I structured my days um, and that's, you know, starting at 7.30 a.m. Uh, I started my first service call. Uh, we are usually wrapped up by 2 or 2.30 p.m. And then I spend the last two, three hours of the afternoon taking care of marketing, admin, bookkeeping, all that stuff. So awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So good. and 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 just uh, like uh, I, I remember we've had this little conversation before, Benjamin. I was like, oh, man, this guy's got to get on our podcast because you <laughs> just like crushed as a solo owner operator from the part time to the full time. And now just entering the journey of bringing on your first uh, employee. Um, and, and so can you can you kind of just walk us through that recent experience of bringing on a new employee as far as like, how'd you find them? Um, what was there a specific kind of trigger point where, you know, you and your wife are like, OK, at this level, we're going to hire. Um, if you could kind of just walk us through that, because there's a lot of our Absolutely. listeners and members of the mastermind that they are owner operator and some of them are kind of thinking about hiring. Yeah. Um, so it'd just be great to kind of get that experience while you're just brand new to it. Absolutely. So um, honestly, starting out, I my mission was never to be an employer. I wanted to just keep it simple, be a solo owner operator. But as things have grown, we've raised prices and we're sitting at a basically our, our minimum hourly rate that we try to you know get. So looking back over each month, we brought in a minimum of $150 in billable hours, right? So we, you know, it's a big jump from 60. We've we switched, we were pricing hourly just for the first few months of the business, but now we price strictly by the job. Um, customers like that better. They know you're not going to be uh, you know, lazy on the job and they know what to expect. Um, you know, there's just been a handful of situations over the past year where we've had to do a change order, you know, in the process of a job where the price ends up being different. But generally speaking, our estimates are firm and and, and we're out there. So uh, it's been going well. Um, but 
as we raise prices, our schedule just keeps getting booked further and further out. And we we turned away what I would estimate to be close to 20 grand in business over the summer just because customers needed something sooner. Um, so mm-hmm. I said, hey, I mean, I'll raise prices. I'll narrow down the services that we do so that everything we're doing, we're super skilled at. We love doing it. And it, it didn't work. I mean, it did work. I mean, we're mm-hmm. doing we're doing work at a good value. Um, we're compensated well for it, but we're still booked way out there. So I'm booking into early to mid-January right now. And uh, it, it's been good. My That's ideal- about a month, by the way, because we're yeah. in early December, just for our yeah. listeners to know. So, uh, yeah. which is yeah. awesome for this time of year as well. It, it is. I mean, and I'd say so March of this past year, we, um, we got to a point where we we're only booked five days out. And I was kind of getting a little like, okay, so what's what's the ebb and flow of the, of the fiscal year really going to look like for us uh, being that it's the first you know year full-time committed to this thing. And um, when we got down to that point, for whatever reason, we had a massive influx of customer requests and we were booked uh, seven weeks out uh, within two days of having only been booked five days out. So, um, but with my employee, we've been, I mean, he's, he's amazing. He's experienced. Um, we're, we're tracking on jobs. We got a three day job finished today in five hours with his help. So um, mm. it's, it's, he's paying for himself and he brings a lot of knowledge and initiative to the table. Um but to backtrack a little bit uh, to what you'd asked, um, you know, what that process looks like, I the challenge of finding quality help uh, was probably one of the biggest hurdles that I was concerned about. Um, I had a, one of my friends uh, had um, asked me if he could just intern with me uh, for no pay one day a week. Um, and that was back in July. So he's been working with me every Monday and he wasn't sure if he'd like to go the employment route or the self-employment route with the handyman work. His father and his grandfather were in the handyman business. He started, um, he started with me, amazing fella, um, definitely someone I'd be willing to hire. And we had basically a verbal agreement to hire him. Um, and he was super excited about it. Um, I helped him start his own business and I've helped a couple others just throughout this process, getting the, getting all the registration LLC stuff filed, uh, you know, being a resource really in any way I can. I, I, I love doing it. Um, I, I don't charge for it at this point just because it's, it's a fun thing, but, uh, so he started his business and then asked me if he could actually work for me, uh, become an employee for hmm. for several years just to get his, uh, you know, the boots on the ground experience uh, of what day to day work looks like. So we had a verbal agreement that he would be starting in uh, January or February of 2024. And uh, right at right at that same time, uh, a friend called me and said, hey, I've got the perfect guy for you. I know you're considering um, hiring people now because you're so busy. And at that point, the pivot point for me was I'm so busy and I started to think of the uh, the pros and cons of, you know, stepping out a little bit of the of the really day to day operations. You know what that looks like as you start to spread the responsibility out uh, and become more of a manager than just wearing all the hats, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. obviously I'm in the early stage of that. But uh, I said, hey, I guess I will. I'll make the jump and and give it a try. So you know, on the phone with the state department of workforce services, figuring out what I need to do and just learning from there. And it's been, uh, it's been busy or I, it's a, had a, a complicated process, but uh, not as complicated as I'd hoped. And, um, so I thought I'd found my good guy and he turned out, uh, he, he came to work actually this, uh, two Mondays ago and he said, Hey, I've got bad news. 
Um, we've kind of pivoted life plans a little bit. We're going to be moving to Colorado within the next few years, uh, probably eight to 12 months, he said. And with that said, I think I'd like to just uh, focus on some stuff at home until we're ready for the move. But it was right at that time that a friend called me and said, hey, I've got the, I've got the best guy for you. And I interviewed him. Um, hmm. And uh, he had experience. He's a wonderful fella. He's, uh, he's got integrity and character. And um, he's mature, uh, emotionally speaking. He's got a, he's got a mature um, approach to, uh, to the jobs. He's not reckless. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tickled with that. Uh, he's even, you know, he's caught my own blind spots just this past week, you know, blind spots I had on the job. So uh, he's been a tremendous resource. Uh, so it's not a traditional, it's kind of an untraditional uh, approach that we had to hiring this gentleman as perhaps most people might face uh, in putting out a, you know, a job opportunity, having applicants and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My position with the, uh, with this job that I gave him is I would, I wanted to structure it almost more as a career opportunity rather than just a, you know, just a labor job, if that makes sense. And uh, he's going to have a lot of responsibility and I want his pay to match that, to reflect that, but it also needs to make business sense. So Uh, We set him up. um, Basically, we've got him on a minimum salary uh, or a base salary of twenty four hundred dollars per month. Um, And then every uh, every all the work that he does over twelve thousand dollars a month, he gets 20 percent of that plus uh, a 10 percent sales commission on any work that he brings into the company. Mm -hmm. So um, if he if he for some reason only did twelve grand a month. He'd probably be working that twenty to thirty hours, uh, you know, uh, a month um, for the base salary of twenty four hundred. Yeah, uh, um, sorry, yes, a week. Thank you. Um, yeah, twenty to thirty hours a week would be enough to meet the uh, the twelve grand a month um, that kind of covers his base salary. But I also want to make sure he's taken care of that his bills don't go unpaid. So that's why we set that base minimum. So if he does less than twelve thousand, he still gets his twenty four hundred. Um, mm-hmm. But his, we expect his earning potential, uh, his his earnings uh, within his first year with us to be between fifty and eighty thousand. He gets a take home vehicle, uh, company credit card for incidental, you know, uh, supplies, materials needed on the job, gas, that kind of thing. Uh, and so far, it's been really good. Um, as far as benefits, you know, it's, I, and I was up front with him. I told him it's pretty minimal right now. Obviously, you've got unemployment, workers' compensation, and paid time off is really what uh, what we can offer. Maybe at some point we'll have the ability to offer you know health benefits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he understands uh, the hopefully small risk but inherent risk of you know being a full time employee of a new company. Um, there's mm-hmm. there's still unknowns in the future, but so far with the track record, things are looking good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really, really grateful. Um, it's been a it's been a smooth of a process, way smoother than I anticipated, and a large part of that is because of who this guy is. Uh, and I'm I'm very confident. I'm grateful. Awesome. That's Has awesome. that been like a couple weeks now, or so? It's, it's yeah. So his uh, his first day was uh, December first, so last Friday. So this today was his okay. first full week with us. Okay. And um, I I was anticipating kind of a up to six week training period for him just to get him familiarized with the processes of the business, the day to day service work, customer service, all that kind of thing. But I, he's going to be on his own sooner than that. Um, and I'm I, like I said, I feel like I got really lucky. Uh, he's he's a wonderful fella. Awesome. That's great. And 
And I don't know if we talked about it, but what type of work do you do? Do you do big jobs? Do you do small jobs? What does that look like? Good question. So we focus on small jobs. So dryer vent cleaning, chimney cleaning, small drywall repairs, door and window repair, you know, door hardware, kitchen and bathroom hardware, toilet, faucet replacements. Um, we do uh, a lot of window screen replacement, uh, gutter guard installation, um, child proofing, you know, as uh, light fixture, light bulb replacement, ceiling fan installation. So really just those jobs that most of them are less than two hours long. Um, I find at least personally for myself, and I did structure our service offerings based off of my preferences, um, you know, being in the uh, in the booth day to day uh, for the first year. Um, I, I don't enjoy taking on large jobs. Um, and th thankfully, there's no licensing requirements for handyman companies with the state of Wyoming. However, the city, uh, they've they've got a lot going on when it comes to permits required and stuff like that. And I'm upfront mm -hmm. with my customers that we're not licensed contractors. We are we're handymen. We're we're skilled at what we do, but we don't do work that requires permits. We don't do in wall plumbing. We don't do in wall electrical. Um, so, and and part of the reason for that is not necessarily that I don't feel like getting a license, but the value of the services we give to people if we have to apply for a permit, do a pre-inspection, post-inspection. Our time on that job has probably nearly doubled. For example, mm -hmm. I, we did a lot of storm door installations during our first year, but I found out from the city compliance office that permits are required for that for whatever reason here. Mm -hmm. However, no, no permits for light fixtures, which is kind of weird to me. Uh, but, uh, you know, storm door, we, you know, we had a flat rate of $240 to install a, a customer provided storm door. It takes an hour and a half. It's cheaper than anyone else in town, but we're still doing very well financially with that. Um, but now we don't offer that service anymore because we have to meet the city inspector out there for a pre-inspection. And then we have to install the door and then meet them out there for a post-inspection. So at that point, you know, we're looking at that probably that uh, $500 mark, which people are a little more reluctant to pay uh, with that. So we've had to pivot just a little bit um, over the past few months, but uh, nothing, nothing too drastic. It's been going well. So. Fantastic. And for the, you mentioned that you give your, your employee a company vehicle. Did you have to go out and buy another one or is he driving the one that used to drive? Or what so does that he, look like? Yep. So I've got to, I've got a 2000 Chevy Suburban. We started the business um, debt free, all cash flow, buying tools as we went along. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I bought a 2000 Chevy Suburban um, in good condition. Uh, he'll be driving that. And I just picked up a little Honda CRV that I'm going to be doing estimates and stuff like that for pe people in. And it can double mm -hmm. as a company vehicle since we're not doing big projects. We don't have a lot of materials to haul around. So even, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of our work could be done from a, you know, a sedan, a car, you know, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so we've got two, two vehicles now. Um, and those, I say they're company vehicles currently, at least with our state requirements, they're just registered to me. They've got company mm -hmm. decals on them. So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, we don't have the uh, the commercial vehicle registration requirements that I don't know if they are or not required in other states, uh, but mm -hmm. so that's how we've been running it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And on that, you know, we, we ran that for a little while where we just had cars that were registered to me with company, um, you know, decals on and stuff. And we were informed that um, if we get in, like if we get in an accident, right, the the per the other person is most likely going to go after the business because they see that on the vehicle rather than the person because they they at least think that you know businesses have more money than people, and right. that's that's the main reason why we switched to commercial auto. I don't know if it's a law or anything like that, yeah. but we just did it just mainly for 
to cover ourselves. You know, that will likely uh, that will likely be an approach that we take. I would guess probably in the near future. Um, mm-hmm. Once once you switch a vehicle over, at least here in Wyoming, if you switch a vehicle over to a company ownership, you cannot switch it back to your own personal ownership. Um, mm. So I've hesitated to do that as of yet, but uh, I have insurance on all of the tools in the vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. and- personal liability insurance on the uh on the on the vehicle itself but yes my insurance agent uh, mentioned that possibility to me as well so so awesome and and this new employee so he's he's a technician right Yep, I've uh, yeah, his okay. official title is a service manager. Um and okay, basically cool. because he's he's going to be taking over 95 to 100% of our service work at this time. Mm-hmm. That's going to eventually be diluted as we need to bring on more employees. Um mm-hmm. but yes, yeah, so service manager basically, I mean he's uh he'll be unless there's a job that needs two people, which I'd say is maybe 5% of the work that we do uh that needs uh, okay. two sets of hands. So Okay. Cool. And and just for clarification, um, is he W two employee or is he a ten ninety nine independent contractor? He is a W two employee. Um, okay, I, I was tempted to go for certain reasons, which most of you guys are familiar with, I'm sure, um, to to go the ten ninety nine contractor route. But uh, at least here in Wyoming, um, they cannot have more than sixty percent of their income, mm-hmm. through, and they must right. own their own tools and vehicle. Um, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Want to kind of, I didn't want to put that on him. Um, my other, the gentleman who was going to work for me, he's still doing business um, as Honest Works Handyman uh, here in town. And I send people to him pretty frequently. There's plenty mm-hmm. of work to go around for all the, all the good companies here. Um, but he also does 1099 work for me from time to time as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we encourage all listeners. Uh, when you're going to do it, do it right. You know, get your license, get your insurance. If it's a W two by law, you're you, you're just gonna, you know, it's just better to do it by the book. Um, Absolutely, potential issues. Yeah, with and on the licensing note, I mean, the, the city of Cheyenne is uh, hopefully within the next couple of years going to be pushing through just a generalized handyman license, so that handyman companies can say they're licensed. We have the opportunity to get our general contractor's license, but we're looking at $1,500 and we have to do an internship and we're not doing general contracting work. Um, so, you know, people ask me if I'm licensed. I tell them, no, we are not licensed. We do not do work that the state requires a license for. We are registered and in good standing as a handyman service company and we are insured. So if that fits your bill, we are happy to serve you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good mm-hmm. distinction too. I mean, it's not like just being black and white on what you do and what you don't do. Uh, there's a lot of handymen. They're tempted to go the, you know, do some remodels. They're like, oh, it's just like a long handyman job. But yep. like you mentioned with permitting, like really a solid estimate materials, it's a, it's a different business. I mean, it it's just mm-hmm. not apples to apples. Um, I agree. So- and I think, I think the, your, the, your vision and so to speak, the water can get kind of muddied once you start allowing kind of, Hey, I'll, I'll go off books a little bit here with this. And I want to, I want to make sure that both in the eyes of the government and our customers that we are 100% of the highest integrity possible. I'm not trying to, uh, uh, you know, throw shade on anybody who has done that, but for us, that's our standard. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it Love allows it. you to scale a lot easier and and have processes. Um, because when you don't wiggle, you know, when you don't when you stay in your lane, you can yes. create your business around that lane 
Whereas yes. if you wiggle, then your team doesn't know what the heck to do. It's like, well, wait, we've never yes. done this before. How am I supposed to answer this question or do this job? So um, it's a good approach. Uh, one uh, one question we almost skipped over, man. We've been just getting into the weeds just out of the gate here. Uh, yeah. It's been awesome. But um, you mentioned you worked for Orkin Pest Control. Like, If you don't mind kind of sharing your story of like yeah. how you started uh, the Wyoming Handyman, like what's your story in, in starting this whole handyman journey? Absolutely. So um, I have, for me, business is my form of creative expression. I know it's not that for everyone, but I love building it from the ground up. Uh, I love every aspect of it. And I missed it for the five and a half years that I was in W-2 employment. Uh, and I was, I've always had the itch, but having a wife and kids is a big risk to just make a jump from, mm-hmm. uh, from one to the other. So at one point, uh, as my... <laughs> The Orkin had some staffing issues, uh, just had trouble keeping people for whatever reason. Um, and I found myself covering a massive route everywhere from Denver all the way up to Casper, which Casper's a four hour drive away. Denver's two and a half hours. And so we're, we're talking about a lot of road time and being paid by the job. We weren't paid road time. So there, there was one of the days I, I drove up to Casper and for nine hours of work, I was paid a total of $12 and 80 cents. <laughs> and, but yeah, but there was, there was other days that I made $300 an hour because, you know, bed bug treatment work is really lucrative. Um, so I was just, you know, finding myself, man, I really would like to be independent. I'd like, and I really want to, you know, put my, uh, put my ideas or the, the concept of doing business, you know, into reality. Um, and I didn't know where to start. There's a lot of different options out there when it comes to business. I knew for sure that I didn't want to be in retail or brick and mortar stores. Um, you know, keeping overhead as minimal as possible with a service business was really what I wanted to do. I'm not super keen on the idea of being stuck in an office myself. Um, so I was like, well, I could do power washing. I could do X, Y, Z. And then I was thinking about it for a couple of days. I'm like, why not do all of it? And I was like, wait a second. I think that's what they call a handyman. So I got on YouTube and Alan Lee's videos were the first ones up there along with a few others. And just for hours, I was watching through them and my inspiration was building. I'm like, I know for sure that I can do this. If it's not something I know how to do, I know I can learn. Um, And then with that comes, okay, well, the risk is still there, but I I know I can count on myself. If the will is there, then I can make it happen. Um, it's going to require adapting, you know, because getting stuck in a rut or a single idea of what this is going to look like, I think is one of the greater traps you can fall into. I mean, it's good to have a vision. It's good to be working towards that, but you got to be willing to evolve, uh, you know, your, your business plan, uh, your service offerings, what, what that looks like. And for me, a huge part of that, um, both was my service offerings and my pricing. I had to adapt those to survive <laughs> essentially mm-hmm. To be a profitable, sustainable business, even as a solo operator. So, yeah, I got uh, I, I got tired of it. I'm like, hey, let's give it a shot. I put it out there, um, and uh, yeah, started booking jobs. I started off posting um, just on my personal profile on Facebook, just posting. Um, really, uh, I'd say, I don't know if professionals were. I mean, it was professional, but it's personable. It wasn't marketing, if that mean, if that makes sense. Just saying, hey, I'm starting up. I was upfront with people. I'm starting up. This, these are the kinds of things I'm doing. If any, if I can be of service in any way, please reach out to me. And just message after message after message. Um, and I mean, we took on, I say, some big projects. You know, redid a, the siding on a bay window, which was a big one for me because it took me two two of my afternoons, whereas a lot of the other stuff, faucet replacement, that's you know relatively quick. And it evolved from there. Um, it's uh, 
yeah, I don't know if that's kind of what you're looking for is the backstory, but uh, yeah, man. Um, and also (laughs) you kind of alluded to this, but just to kind of pin it down, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like that inflection point of going from part-time to full-time, especially when you have a family, it's a massive, massive decision that shouldn't be taken lightly. And so if you mentioned you and your wife, you, did you, was that 10,000 a month was when you hit that? And like, did you say like, let's do it two or three months in a row, or if we have it that one time, like what did that structure, like, was that kind of the inflection point of like, let's do this? That's a great question. So I I used to think I was cautious, but I realized I'm more of a risk taker. And once I saw that, because uh, three weeks in, I had done about four thousand um, dollars. Mm. I was like, man, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, there's taxes. Yes, there's expenses. But if this works, let's see. And then I had ten thousand dollars of work booked for the upcoming four weeks. And I said, okay, ten grand. Let's see if we can make this happen. I put in my notice at work five weeks after starting this, which I, I'm not necessarily saying I recommend, but mm-hmm. for, from my uh, adventurous and optimistic viewpoint, I, I mean, it wasn't overly optimistic. I mean, there's definitely some some reality checks in there like, hey, is this going to work? And I asked the question in the Handyman Mastermind group early on, just, hey, when when should I make that? And people were recommending, hey, have six months of expenses saved or a year of expenses saved. Um, and for me, I was just like, I want to get into this. So I admit it was definitely a risky decision saying, hey, I'm dropping my employment and I'm jumping into this. But I was making in the afternoons, I was making twice the amount of money doing handyman work as I had made all day in my day job. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, Man, if I can keep this up and I said to myself, I said, OK, so if I'm going to take this risk. I need to be willing to absolutely do all of the footwork and not just whine about times being tough if this gets tough. Because if I need to go out and do door-to-door sales calls with some with with, with the neighborhoods around here, I will make this happen. Um, and, mm-hmm. and and it hasn't it never came to that point. And I'm really grateful for that. And I understand that other people aren't necessarily in the position to do that. Uh, but my wife knew how uh, how unsatisfied and unhappy I was at my day job, and she fully supported the business venture. Um, and it may have even, I mean, she was a big part of, hey, well, why don't you just do it all? Um, and I was like, yeah, that's that's a great idea. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it, you know, for me, I had to hit the pain point, um, and I think a lot of major life decisions are made at a pain point when something is tough enough. You make the decision to say, "Hey, I'm ready for something new." And for me, I was so done with the, you know, there's too much to tell here. All the moving parts of what made uh, working there. Now, that's not a reflection on Orkin in any way. It's just the work itself. It, it was there was a lot of demands there, and I moved into this, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is demanding work too." But at least it's mine, and I love it. You know, so yeah. Um, Alan and I know both share that. And Alan has quite the story as far as him, uh, very similar part-time and just not satisfied with his job and uh, made the leap. And um, something that comes to mind that, because uh, uh, whenever you leave your job and start a business, most people are not going to be believing in you necessarily. Yes. It's good to have your spouse on your mm-hmm. side, which that was yes. all I had. But uh, in your case, like I will never forget my mom saying like, well, at least he's employable. Like yeah. if it doesn't work out, <laughs> he's employable. Yeah. Well, and I dealt with that from, I mean, I've got friends who've been contractors for years and they kind of looked at me a little sideways. They're like, dude, you're not, you don't know how to do this stuff. And I said, well, I, I, I'm not doing contracting. And I, I was, you know, emphatic on that at the beginning. I'm not taking on remodels. I'm not, I'm not even, I don't do, you know, even bathtubs. I mean, that's, you know, permits are required to install a tubs around here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't do that. Um, you know, it's for me, the focus has been, 
seeing people. So uh, to, to elaborate that, on that a little bit, to show up to a customer's house and to get to know them, to meet their dogs, to say hi to their kids, all that stuff, it creates this bubble of humanity that people don't easily forget. And they're happy to work with you when they feel like you see them, like you, you're, you're interacting with them in a valuable way. Mm. And I was really successful at Orkin, uh, both in service and sales because of that. Um, at least that's what I attribute it to. Uh, just being personable and friendly with people. Uh, be real with people, you know? I mean, we all like to show people the sides of ourselves that we want them to see. At the end of the day, you're another person, you know, living here just like them and you want to help. Uh, and they mm-hmm. will give you a try. And my first few customers, they knew that I didn't have a lot of experience, but they were willing to give me a shot. And honestly, I'm indebted to them, to be uh, to be real. Um, they, these My early customers, they, they paved the way for me to gain confidence and they put out good reviews and it, it really helped snowball this thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome, That's man. awesome. That's um, great. So we've got, we've been just jamming, man. It's We've got like 15 minutes left. And so we haven't even talked about you know, I definitely want to hear like your your kind of marketing that got you going. We haven't talked about pricing, how you estimate jobs. So we we gotta we gotta dig into some of the meat here, the shop. Um, so um, you kind of already briefly mentioned, um, you know, when you started, you made some personal posts on Facebook. Um, if you don't mind, kind of uh, briefly hitting on kind of your marketing journey and how you're yes. able to ultimately build up, um, you know, close to two hundred thousand annual revenues as a solo owner operator in your first full year in business. Like, what what did that look like to bring those jobs in? Great question. So um, the first, uh, it's I I still have not paid for advertising as of yet. Um, everything has been completely organic on Facebook, Nextdoor, and Google. Um, we've picked up a little bit on, uh, LinkedIn as well as Instagram. We put, po- we cross post the exact same post across all five platforms that we use. Um, I use chat GPT to generate, uh, content. Their 3.5, uh, is free and it generates uh, well-written, um, engaging ad creative. I say ad creative. I use it for just Facebook posts. I copy and paste along with the picture of the work that we've done that I'm promoting. Um, for me, I think it's been key to not overpost and also to not underpost. Um, so people, I've found it seems that they get exposure fatigue, if that makes sense. So if you if they're seeing two or three posts a day from the Wyoming Handyman, they kind of tune us out. Um, whereas if I do one post a day or one post every two days, uh, that seems to do very well with you know engaging the community. Um, a big part of this, and this is what I encourage anyone to do, is I joined all of the, and there's like 20 of them, the local for sale groups on Facebook here. Now, some of them, you'll find out, they don't allow business promotion posts, but at least half of them did, and they still do. And we just posted in every single one of those groups two to three times a week. Um, that's what got us our momentum. We currently only post in two of those groups. One of them has about 40,000 members. The other one has about 30,000 members. Uh, here in Cheyenne. So we're getting in front of people. Um, we also have, uh, we're building a, a, a paid partnership connection with uh, the founders of one of those groups to really be kind of a featured business within that. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so consistently posting, I post on my business profile, then I post to the two major groups that I'm a part of. And then I share those posts to my personal profile. And I do the same across all of my social networks. How uh, long that, does that take you? Um, a great question. So using the, <laughs> using Chad GPT was huge for me because I enjoy writing copy, but it takes me a long time. Copy being the content of the Facebook post. 
Um, Chat GPT, it throws in cool emojis in there. It, uh, it does a lot of cool <laughs> stuff and throws in the hashtags and everything. So with Chat GPT, we're, I'd, I'd say I spend no more than an hour per week on marketing. Um, mm. And that's been a huge game changer. Um, along with that, I will say that I find it important for community engagement to write a post every couple of weeks that's not written by AI. So it's got kind of that more personal touch. It's a little less businessy, but just saying, hey, we love you, Cheyenne. This is what we did today. We knocked out a honeydew list of stuff. If anyone needs anything, call us. If we can't take care of it, we know really good people who can. We can point you in the right direction. So that's been a, kind of a key plan. Um, so what do you what do you type into chat GPT to get you um, a post? Like what's a typical yeah. thing that you would type in there? So my, it's almost always the same. Uh, for example, a recent one that I did was write a handyman business Facebook post promoting furniture assembly services. Just that one sentence, you put it in there, it generates a couple paragraphs of, wow. of stuff. It takes no time at all. Just press and hold, copy, paste. Just like that. Wow. That's amazing. That is pretty and cool. You can feed in like, you know, give it, make it this many words. Uh, yes. You know, you can, like you could spit something out and it'll, you could customize like kind of prompt yeah. it. And, and the cool it, thing is, you can have that conversation with it too. So if you say that and they say, Hey, also I want to include the invitation to visit our website and it'll rewrite that post, but with that, and then you can just kind of have a, have a mini conversation customizing that. So, yeah. huh. so I, I asked how long it took. Cause um, I know you have a great process for this. And ultimately once you sit down and you learn how to do it, and then you have the consistency to do that one hour per week is what you did to, Ultimately, as the main marketing vehicle, uh, alongside quality work and reviews yes. and stuff, you'd spent one hour a week on marketing and were able to have a year close to 200000 as an owner-operator by just getting a great, you, like you identified what worked mm -hmm. and then you made it a system and a process that you that was repeatable that you did every single week. And so that's what I wanted to hammer home to our listeners is consistency and the process like yes. yeah that's a great amazing example so i commend yes. you for kind of just creating that for yourself well, and thank, just, thank you um you and know I sticking would, with it i'm gonna agree with you and to me um the rise and fall of growing this has been consistency that is the foundation because if you're doing one post mm. a week and then you wait two weeks and you post another thing you're not getting exposure you're not getting out there and people aren't calling you. Um, hmm. So for me, it's you, it has to be a minimum of two times a week. And that keeps a steady workflow. Hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll get to the point where we do paid Facebook and Google advertisement. But at this point, we're not there yet. Yep. Hmm. Fantastic, man. Well, we got a lot of stuff that we could uh, learn from you and a lot of stuff we have not gone into. So we'll definitely have to have a part two here. But um, if you had to uh, give someone who's maybe just starting out some parting advice, what would you give to them? Like someone who was in your position back in August of 2022, what would you say to that person? Um, maybe someone who's kind of thinking about jumping into this. That's a great question. I, uh, I think I would, I think I would say that you need to be willing you got to be willing to do the work. I know that's cliche, but <laughs> if, if this is if this is something you're interested in doing, you need to be willing to do what it takes to get there. Um, I've seen mm -hmm. people start handyman businesses and go out of business three months later because they weren't consistent on the processes that, if I can say, are needed to make it happen. 
Um, you know, I've got a friend who started a handyman business and he doesn't post regularly and he's worried that he's not getting work. I'm like, man, I've showed you, <laughs> you can, if you're consistent, um, and identify the, I mean, be on the lookout to identify the blind spots that you're, that you're not willing to put in the work, if that makes sense, where, you, where mm-hmm. you're you know, falling behind a little bit, but, uh, be consistent and be committed. Um, to mm-hmm. it. it's going it's to take work and it's different for every person wherever you're located but uh, be willing to put your put your heels in the ground and make this happen um, and treat people right uh, that's the big thing be be kind to people uh, th- it goes a long ways in your communities yeah sweet, you'd be surprised <laughs> yeah and um, I, I think that's really really amazing advice for anyone that's just starting or thinking about starting because the thing is too like it's it's an ebb and flow and i see posts in the mastermind group all the time like hey i just got started and i'm already booked out for the next like two weeks and it's like sweet but what about after the two weeks because then Mm -hmm. you hit this low point and because there's no consistency so when anyone just starts usually people have really good success in the first month maybe two months three months but if if they're just relying on telling their friends, family, personal Facebook without, you know, getting their Google page, without getting reviews, without without creating a Facebook business, without yes. joining the groups and progressing, yes. um, you're going to fall flat. And so yes. I think that that uh, that encouragement that you have for people to be consistent um, and really like hustle after it, because it's not like your first month or two is going to be different. After yeah. that first month or two, you're going to be off that honeymoon phase and you got to have start building a foundation to actually operate a business. Yeah. And one more quick point on that. A lot of times when you book work, I at first I didn't leave time for the marketing, for the admin, all that stuff. And I found myself, you know, business tapered off just a little bit because I was focused on the service work and not on the the entire aspect of running the business. And you got to stay consistent with that. When you do that, you will get results. Mm hmm. Love it, man. Love it. Those are some fantastic words. I think uh, at the end of the day, just doing what needs to be done is something that people forget about. I mean, especially when you start getting a little success, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I've had a great month or I'm booked out for a month or whatever it is. People forget the small stuff. They forget the stuff that you're supposed to do every single day to keep that thing rolling. And I I think that you've showed a good example of kind of what that looks like is um, you just keep plugging away. And then when you encounter a problem, you figure out a way over that problem. Maybe that's hiring someone, maybe that, you know, whatever it looks like um, and just keep on moving on and keep on doing what needs to be done. So I think that's great. I love, I personally love the, uh, the input on the chat GPT. I'm going to check that out. That's kind of an interesting little new caveat. I know that the whole world is going like, AI centric. So, uh, it's kind of an interesting deal for sure. So, yeah. Another one on that too is, uh, is Bard. It's kind of like Google's version. You don't have to have an account or anything. And they, they're kind of, it's, it's going to be a competition space here, uh, you know, as far as different options, because it's still so new, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing what you can do. Um, my, my advice, especially on the marketing side is, uh, just make sure you have your own voice and personality into it. Um, especially when it comes to website content, Google is paying very, very close attention and try and developing ways to detect AI written content. Um, and basically industry experts I've already seen and are expecting to see that, Websites that are largely written by AI, um, they will get knocked in the algorithm. Um, and so just that's one of my, my biggest word of caution as, as someone in marketing is don't just have AI write your whole website for you. Um, add your own voice to it. That's good. I, that's, yeah. that's valuable input. Thanks, Jason. Yeah. That's you good bet. word. 
Um, man, we got like uh, just a few minutes. Um, I know Alan's got to close us out here. Um, if, if you could, uh, Benjamin, like last question, I'd love to hear, um, like what, if you could share like your biggest, like one of your biggest, like wins you've experienced personally or, or in business in this journey. And then conversely to that, uh, maybe just a big, like a struggle that you had to overcome. Yes. Um, so the biggest win for me has, I guess, been the whole journey in, you know, looking back uh, to see how, you know, how it's gone and how it's becoming more and more successful. Um, the biggest win and the biggest drawback are the same thing. And that's learning to say no. Um, as, as tough as that is, because a lot of times in the service industry, you want to serve, you want to serve. But I had customers that were coming back to me with bigger jobs that I didn't know how to say no to. And I was also just throwing away time doing estimates on work that I knew I wouldn't be taking on, but I wanted to just tell them, you know, show up at least, but to be really courteous over the phone with them and say, unfortunately, that's not a project that's within our scope of service. Uh, but here's a great referral uh, for someone to uh, that you can reach out to. And that uh, massively reduced the amount of stress and anxiety that I personally had around time management, around streamlining, you know, the services that we offer. Um, for me, that's been the biggest thing, uh, is, is, is really, you know, honing in on what I do, what we do and being, still being a resource to other people, uh, who, who call for things outside of that. Love it, man. Love it. Well, that's uh, that's a great uh, mic drop there. Benjamin, we really appreciate you being on the podcast, uh, today. You have been a blessing. Appreciate kind of what you are doing. It's not only affecting your business, but it's helping a lot of other people grow and learn more about how they can create a successful handyman business as well. I uh, want to give a thank you to my co-host, Jason Call. Man, you are fantastic. You do some great work for the handyman industry. And if you guys are interested in reaching out to Jason, you can reach out to him at handymanmarketingpros.com. And if you want would like to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at handymanjourney.com. And uh, if you are listening to this podcast, obviously you're listening to it. So go ahead and leave us a review <laughs> on the uh, the podcast system that you are listening to this on. We would greatly appreciate that. Also, we would love to hear your stories of how this podcast has affected your personal business. So go ahead and uh, go on our Facebook group and uh, leave us a uh, you know leave a message there saying how this podcast has affected you and your business. We would absolutely love to hear that. Um, and also if you're watching this on YouTube, like, and subscribe, uh, and also drop a comment in the comment section below. We would always love to hear from you. Um, and, uh, Benjamin, you can also be commenting as well and answering anyone's questions. So thank you guys so much for being here today. We drop one of these episodes every single month. So we will catch you guys next month. Have a great one, everyone.